Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 192. That is 192. It is the ENS. podcast. And breathe. And breathe. And whale sounds. And happy place. Happy place. Wolves positivity. Oh, it's not a nice been a player. A member of staff, a fan, a journalist at the moment. Things are not good, but all that can change with the hotly anticipated return of the Black Country Derby. Oh, it could get a lot worse. Joe Edwards, how's it going? Down, even entertain the second beat. <laughs> let's just not. Let's do you know what? Do you know, what, do you know what's annoying? Do you know what's annoying? I'm not going to go straight into Wolf's chat off the bat. You know, we've got 52 minutes of crap to fill before we need to go on to any kind of football analysis. But, <laughs> but, just thinking of the day, it is frustrating that from the last three years, and Wolves have been brilliant for three years, and yeah, they've had a little blip here and there, but they've done, they've done things that no other team who's been in the Premier League have done in 20 years or 30 years. You know, some of these sides are in mid-table or pushing for the odd eighth or seventh, and they've come and just blasted the opposition with two sevenths, with no injuries, with uh, with brilliant football. And then, of course, this comes around after, what, nine years in the making. And uh, they're probably at the lowest ebb with the most depleted squad ever for the last three years. Yeah. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. <laughs> well, I have all the bloody games, and it's this one. It, it, literally, this, this game. Ah, oh, mate. <coughs> That's football. It is football. How are you doing, pal? How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, spent a lot of my day off getting uh, abuse from Everton fans, which was nice. Oh, mate, you, you can't um, beat a good bit of abuse. <laughs> That's when you. That's when you know. That's when you know. At least you're having an impact, positive or negative. At least you're getting talked about. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's what the uh, people like Katie Price would say back in the day, wouldn't they? Um, at least you're getting talked about. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I'd, I'd put a tweet because, and you were there as well. It was um, the the scenes of celebration at the end of the Everton game were quite. Like interesting, weren't they? The, yeah, it, kick, it kicked off a little bit, it didn't kicked it? Kicked off, didn't it? Mm. It, it seems to like kick off almost between between some there was some sort of aggro between the, the two camps. So not quite sure what it was. It almost sounded as if like some fans had got into the ground, hadn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. It, it it looked like almost like you had a box of. You know, your classic away day, like going to Bolton or something like that. And then, yeah. you know, all the fans are, are buzzing in the, in the away end. But then you've got you've got some people who have bought a box for the day and they're going crazy giving it to the home fans. That's what that's what it kind of felt like, didn't it? But That's, um, that's what it felt like. And yeah. I, I just made that point. Um, oh, I don't but, make that point, mate. But, but yeah, I shouldn't have made that point because, um, yeah, it's uh, Everton fans uh, get a lot of this, see you next Tuesday, or sour grapes. I'm not going to problem with you just pointing pointing it out but um, what's happening next Tuesday have I got uh, um, have I got missed an appointment or is there a game that I need to know about (laughs) Um, so yeah it it was uh, I mean we all know what happened on on Tuesday it wasn't great was it and as you say we're going into Albion you know the lowest ebb for a while but Mm. that is I guess just how the cookie crumbles it it is mate it is a uh, yeah, it's, it's disappointing and, you know, it's frustrating, but, you know, 
with what's gone on and what we've done and what we've seen, I think it's just a combination really of everything. It's a combination of poor form, disappointment maybe in the in the transfer market. Well, definitely, I think you know it's fair to say definitely yeah. in the transfer oh, God, market. Yeah. You know, there's been mistakes being made, and I think people have got to hold their hands up and look. We've talked about you know them coming again next season. Next season being a big year. If uh, if next season isn't a big year, then I think there is a lot of pressure on on not just um, the management. Uh, I think there's probably some pressure on 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 Foson because you know. And I was going to bring this up later on, but but I think this the time now. It's it's all well and good um, um, setting goals out and and overachieving in the first couple of years, but. You know, people remember when when Jeff and, and a few others talked about where they want to be in five, ten years' time and winning yeah. the Premier League and this. It doesn't help and people remember that and people hold on to that for a long time. So when they don't see progression or they see it stifling yeah. and then they see, you know, Wolves spending millions of pounds. I mean, nearly £70 million on a couple of players you know, over the summer, massive money. And I, and I know they can recoup that. I know the transfer market is different these days and, 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 and intrinsic values are, you know, sometimes don't, aren't exactly what, what we see. It, it's more stocks and shares these days rather than the value of players and what clubs are spending and what they're not spending. But at the same time, when you've got an expectation there and you've put that out on record, then you are going to get some frustration. You are going to get some people saying, uh, questioning uh, what what's going on? And look, I'm I'm 100% believe in Foson, believe in in the future, and I think look, it's a blip, and I think if you're gonna have a blip, this is the perfect season to have a blip. I completely understand it, and I do buy into it. There will be stronger and better uh, going in, going going forward next season. However. You know, you've got to, you've got to, you understand, you've got to be sympathetic sometimes to some of the fans who, who are frustrated, who are annoyed, just not just at the performances, but at the current situation, the current dynamic in, in the world and in the country. And uh, look, a black, a winner in a black country derby will not go all the way to, to solving that, but it will, it will help. It will help. And I know people don't want to hear, oh, you know, we're writing this season off or it's going to be mid-tier or mediocrity because no one wants to hear that. But there's a lot of clubs worse off than Wolves. There's a lot of clubs who... And there's not a lot of clubs who have run better than Wolves. Um, and I think people have just got to maybe just take a little bit of perspective. But at the same time, I do understand it. Yeah, I mean, I think the key thing now, I think we've come to the point where it's fair to say that the summer window was definitely a missed opportunity. Mm. Um, you know, you, you've got back-to-back seventh-place finishes. There'll be a feeling, you know, amongst some supporters and perhaps even some at the club that, you know, they're perhaps overachieved. Um, you know, perhaps even last season, you know, we've... Well, yeah, especially last season, I guess, with the Europa League on top and still yeah, finishing seventh. And, you know, that perhaps this season, you know, a, a kind of break-off was to be, to be expected. But on that point, I, I, I did... Stacey in one of me, I think it was one of my debriefs the other week. You know, if you have overachieved, you know, the, there's more of an onus then, surely, on improving the squad and making sure that if you don't have achieved, then you don't have a big drop off. And, you know, you look at the summer business and it, 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 it none of it has been exceptional, has it? Um, I don't know that the, there is, you know, if you make six signings, not all six are going to be fantastic but 
I don't think anybody really from that group has really far and away shone and been a massive improvement no. um, to the no. team. Um, you know that that some have had useful performances. I mean, Samada was the split opinion. Um, I mean, it I, is a banana split it, right it, down the middle. It it is it is it is a real split, and I think you know is he's getting better going forward. I think that I think that's easy that's easy to see, but he still looks still looks shaky in defence for me. Um, you know, got a few saying, "What did he do wrong the other night?" Well, he got caught underneath the crossfield ball to Digne. Yes, he, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. You know that that's that's not me. You know, you know, criticizing, targeting him. That's just that's just defending. You know, that's that is just something that any you know anybody can spot really. Look, if Nelson Semedo was a striker, he'd be getting absolutely, absolutely well, destroyed well, by, like, by social like, media, like Fabio Silva is. Mm. Yeah. Because um, he's another player that's come in and, and not really massively convinced, and you know it, it really it's... annoys me, Joe, the, the the criticism of Fabio Silva, uh, and I think it, and and I know sometimes you can't take social media as as you know a one hundred percent gospel no. opinion of of the fan base. I I one hundred percent endorse that, but some of the some of the stuff and some of, some of the people writing him off. I think it's absolutely disgusting. Honestly, I do. I get that he hasn't been at his best. I get that that you know Wolves are, are, are not playing great and he's missed some chances. But goodness me, it's amazing how many people think Patrick Cotroni is the Messiah. Yeah. This this incredible Messiah. And look, I hope he you know I hope he comes and scores goals, and I'm sure he's going to get opportunities. He might get an opportunity to play on Saturday. But good God, like this. He's he's working hard. He's an eighteen year old kid. He's got thirty million pound plus price tag that he's never asked, you know, on his back. And uh, he's lost half a team. He's got a team devoid of confidence who are not playing well around him. And he's probably getting one to two chances a match. And look, it's not going for him. It's not going for him at the moment. But and I and I got I got pelters because I thought the first 15, 20 minutes I thought his positioning was really good. I thought he looked bright. And yeah, yeah. He, he, he faded off and he didn't have a, a great game. But neither did half the team, to be honest. But it seems like that's the that's that's the player and the situation that Wolves fans are going to go in for. And I get it because of the price tag and stuff. But it feels like some people have a chance and some people are very much defensive of a player because they might have gone and played for a glamorous club or or you know we've seen we've seen a little we've seen a little bit of them before and then we've got and then we've got someone who's you know start, starting his starting his his career out he's in a brand new country he's in um you know one second let me just bloody let blue out <laughs> the worst possible time Sorry, he's he's you know he started crazy in a new country. He's doing his very best. You know he's he's trying to be upbeat. He's and and I just it just bemuses me. It really bemuses me. You know we've got to get behind your players. You got it, and, and I think Wolves fans, you know, on the whole, really do, and they really stick behind him. But it feels like he's just been made a scapegoat of the whole situation. It feels like this season, the frustration of the fans and the frustration of everything that's going wrong at Wolves at this moment in time, the injuries, the results, you know, the infrastructure potentially. It's like, right, we're going to blame Fabio Silva. This is this is this is this is this is what's going wrong. And I just I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. And I'm 
I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not pleased that fans aren't there. Of course, I'm not. You want fans there. You're desperate for fans there. But if that if that negativity came onto the pitch and you've got an 18 year kid and he's getting booed or whatever, it, you know, if you were bringing those people who you hear on social media into the fans, you'd be booing him off. I mean, or, or you know, cheering him off if he got substituted. Yeah. You know, which we, we've heard before. You know, yeah. you get it yeah. in all football grounds. That's that'll crush someone. So in some ways, I'm quite pleased. That he can just, you know, make his mistakes and learn and maybe just, you know, I mean, probably just not hear any of the noise that's coming in from the outside because he's got to, you've got to give the kid a chance, man. And he's doing his bloody best in a difficult situation. This was a year of learning, probably two years of learning. And he's thrust into Premier League football at the highest level in a team that's struggling. I mean, yeah. And look, he's going to have... He's going to have poor games. He is going to have poor games. Ryan Knight, no, he's going to have poor games. Nelson Semedo's going to have poor games. Uh, Jean Moutinho's going to have poor games. You know, he's not the only one. But I feel like he's not been given, you know, much much of a go here. I feel, you know, they're the straight on him and I don't like it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of vitriol directed towards him. And he's quite social media aware and I think he will, he will see mm. a lot of it. Yeah, I think he will see a lot of it. He, he, I mean, he, he he does seem does seem a good kid, and you know, I think he's done a few posts after games where mm-hmm. he said, "Right, I I kind of did his hands up really. I wasn't good enough here. You know, I'm going to work hard in training yeah. this week, working hard in his back garden, doing yeah. extra work, doing the, all the yeah. things that you want of a young eighteen year old kid, not shying away, putting his head down, looking at the floor, you know, trying to, you know. Yeah. And what I would say about him, Joe, sorry to to cut you off is that you've got a young striker there. A young striker can get lost in games and doesn't want the ball. They'll run in channels, but, you know, make fake runs because they don't really want it. But they'll, 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 they'll do that. And they, he wants the ball. He's, he makes the runs. He, you know, he, he wants to... He's frustrated when he's missing chances. He's not shying away from this, is he? No, and, and the big thing is he is at least getting chances. I said that to you before the, the Everton game. I mean, he's, get, he's missing chances, but as a striker... You'll happily take that situation over going on a goal drought and not getting anywhere near, you know, towards goal and not getting in goal scoring positions. I mean, you know, we've seen it before with profile, high profile strikers. Remember Torres at Chelsea when he just wasn't even getting in between the posts and he, he'd gone, you know, months and months without scoring and never even looking like scoring. At least Silver is getting some chances. I mean, you know, he 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 he, he has lacked conviction um, with his finishing. Um, you know, his heading is definitely needs working on. You know, getting more. You know, he's a project, isn't he? He's, he's a project. Well, yeah, he's exactly. Not, yeah. yeah. So, so, he, but at least he is getting chances, and and and, you know, I don't see. Of, of course, it's frustrating because you know that is thirty-five million pounds, mm-hmm. and you know, in in an ideal world, that would have been spent on somebody that was ready-made coming. Yeah. In, you know, banging the goals. He could have some like Callum Wilson for ten million quid, who's at Newcastle well, banging the goals. You know, which yeah. I'm sure some of the fans will be quite happy with. That's just not the way that Wolves have operated. No, exactly. But that, that's not his fault. And the and exactly pi- and piling um, abuse on him, a young lad who is making his way in the game. I just I don't see really see who it benefits. You know, it doesn't really. You, you know, it's not gonna. I don't think it's necessarily going to g him up. I think you know he's he's got he's got the right attitude anyway. 
I think he, you know, he comes across really well. I mean, again, I've now I've alluded to it before, but the, the, how quickly he's learnt English is quite phenomenal. Yeah, you know, he's 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 really bought into you know life in Wolverhampton in a in a in a you know amid the pandemic when we're all feeling a bit off and uncertain and worried. You know, he, he's really bought into life here. He's desperate to impress. I just think, yeah, we you know we all saw against Everton, he didn't have a great game. And you know, in games before that, he hasn't had great games. But maybe just kind of let it slide. I mean, yeah. everybody kind of almost might know it anyway. You don't really need to pile abuse onto no. him. You know what I mean? And he'll know anyway. He's a professional footballer. He'll know when he's had a good game or a bad game. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need people calling him an idiot or you know saying he's nowhere near good enough or he's yeah, never Fab- going to make Fab- it you know what I mean Fabio Silva's not ready Fabio Silva's not good enough yeah he probably isn't ready and he probably isn't good enough at this moment in time but I'm sure he will be um, you know you, you st- people are stating the obvious there um, but he's in this situation Wolves are in this situation and he's got to he's doing his very best to to see what he can do I just it just makes it, I just don't get it sometimes and like I say it's I think it's a combination of factors, and it feels like he's the target now. And uh, I just, it just, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. Look, Joe, I, I said before this, I'm not, you know, I'm not contradicting my opinion. You know, I think when 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 he first came in, I couldn't believe they spent that kind of money on a striker, 18 year old who's played a handful of games. No, but that's not his fault. No, you no. know, and when he and whether that that's Fosun who decided to do that, and Nuno decided to spend that money. And then if they decide to do that, when a player comes in, you back him, you back him to the hilt. You know, I, I don't. Sh- should they have done that? If it was up to me, and I said this at the time, 20, 30 podcasts ago, I don't think they should have done. I, I, I think I, I thought it was. I thought it was a, a massive gamble, a massive gamble. But now he's here, and now, and now he's a Wolves player, and now he's got a future ahead of him, and, and hopefully a, a big prospect for the future, and he's playing in the present. Then you've got to get behind him. You've got to get behind him, and it just it, yeah, and, and it's a shame. It's a shame, and hopefully it changes. Hopefully it turns, and hopefully he scores on on Saturday. And uh, look, what what a what a time to in, in inverted commas redeem yourself with some fans if you can go and grab a winner against against the baggies. Did, did you? Um, well, I was on that rant, by the way, and I, I apologise. Sometimes I do go off at tangents, and uh, people be like, "What's Tudor doing these days? We're here, we're here to listen to bloody Edwards and the Wolves guy. We're not, we don't listen to him." But uh, sorry about that. Was my was my rum? Did you did you hear my rumbling? Rumbling? Did you hear any rumbling? No, no, no. I'm on this. Uh, I'm on this intermittent fasting now, mate, because the health kicks properly kicked in. But oh, um, which which is fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, you know, I, I got a lot of advice from uh, for my vitamin uh, intake last week of uh, of my pill popping. Have uh, you reduced? So, from well, I've, I I don't really reduce, but I've 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 halved it in two. So I, I have quite a few in the morning, and then I, I have another six or seven in the afternoon, just before I have a meal, so the liver can kind of like sort itself out and the digestive juices can uh, c- can help out rather than having 17 on an empty stomach at, uh, at half seven in the morning. It's probably not the best situation. But um, yeah, intermittent fasting makes only eating between 12 o'clock and, and eight o'clock at night, But which is fine if you've got a day off and you can lie in bed and you can get up and by the time you pot it about, you can eat. But uh, when you've got these uh, 7 a.m. starts, ugh, it's I'm struggling now. I've got my coffee and your coffee kind of takes away that hunger doesn't it for about an hour 45 minutes but i'm talking to you and i'm i'm salivating over a potential bit of granola with greek yogurt and some nuts and some seeds and some manuka honey 
you know, oh, mate, I, I need it, and I've, I've got to wait another two hours, ten minutes. I don't think I'd ever celebrate over granola. I put a, me- do, I put a pick out the other day. Do you not see it? Do you not? Did that a bit of almond butter? Did that not float your boat? No, not really. I'd prefer a bacon sandwich. Oh, mate, come on! <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna put bacon over your missus or, or almond butter, you're taking almond butter every time, aren't you? With some nuts and seeds. No way. What? Bacon and sausage sandwich, man. Oh, a bit mate. of red sauce. I'm not, uh, not really a brown sauce, man. Not, but um, get a bit of red sauce on there. Nice thick bread. Lovely. White bread or brown bread? Oh, white. Really? Don't mess about with brown. You, I tell you what, I guarantee you, it might have been before your time, but the uh, the loaf mighty white back in the day, it was almost like you're getting brown bread but in a white bread... In, in white bread, that was made for people like you, wasn't it? I can feel, in fact, were you on the Mighty White commercial? I, I might have been in a, in a previous life. You definitely yeah. bought Mighty yeah. White, didn't you? <laughs> Thinking you were getting all that goodness. You're the kind of, you're, you definitely, when you were growing up, you might have to, to kind of like liquidise vegetables and put it into some kind of comfort food for you just so you were having your veggies, I think. I don't think you tolerated a carrot, did you? That's why I'm so tall. You are mm. tall. Are you 6'4 now? 6'3, 6'4? Uh, six four, I think. Yeah. yeah, that annoys me because, like on camera, I, I I'm normally the one to tall, and I'm trying to go on my tiptoes, and you're doing me by a couple of inches. No, but, but height wise. <laughs> now, what, what what are you two? Six, six two. two, six two, six Second. two straight. Which is, a, I think, six two is good. I mean, six four, you know, is a little bit weird, a little bit too tall, a little bit stand out from the crowd. But if you want to be like that, that's fine, mate. And, and we've got the same size feet as well. There you go. Where are we going with this? Where are we going with this? Um, well, you know what to say about big feet. Um, hey, big big shoes. Big shoes, mate. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm enjoying, mate. I'm enjoying the whole fitness thing. I'm enjoying. Um, I'm enjoying getting up, going on the runs, mate. Uh, have you ever heard of like an insanity workout, which is basically like a mental workout? We've got we've got like a little uh, little gym area going on in the in the kitchen, so kind of working on that sweating on that got peloton going as well so i'm in the i'm in the the health kind of like kick now so yeah. i've got a little weigh on friday which will be 10 days going on 10 days so i'll have to see see what the uh, see what the results are are you are you are you are you back on it no not at all <laughs> not at all no no i was gonna say it's a good job some monies um yeah i've um i've kind of got my taste back now so i'm eating a lot are you? What, yeah. what are you making up for lost time? What kind yeah. of things are, just, are, are hitting the taste buds? Snackaholic, you know. Really? I had my first ever Belgian bun the other day, which I enjoyed. A Belgian bun? What's that? Belgian bun? Never had mm. like a Belgian bun from Greg's or anything like that. Well, I've never been into Greg's, mate, so I wouldn't know what a Belgian oh bun gosh. is. In fact, no, I did go into Greg's once. I, I bought, like, because they just started doing salads and I was really struggling. There was nothing else because I think Mark's Spencer's was closed and Waitrose yeah. was, was not in the vicinity of me. So I did go in, but I didn't like it, mate, to be honest. It's it's not really a shop, is it? It's more of like an outhouse, as in like, you walk in, the door's always open. There's never, um, <clears throat> you've got that waft of pizza slice for like, yeah. 75p or whatever I'm like how can you I mean and people are buying it by the bucket load I don't get the obsession with Greg's I'll be honest for me it's just like archery clogging uh, cheap rubbish which is the appeal I'm going to get I'm going to get pelters now from uh, for people listening they're going to stop now they're going to stop listening they're going to tweet and they're going to say what are you talking about yeah. Judah you upmarket douchebag well that's the appeal uh, really? Archery, cl- archery clogging goodness. Yeah. Oh, 
But it's, there's nothing, there's no nutritional value whatsoever in half the stuff they sell, mate. No. Even the porridge is laced with sugar. I got a porridge the other day. She said, oh, have you got a porridge? And she said, oh, yeah, we've got like, we, we never sell porridges. I'm like, oh, I bet you don't. Then when I go to it, even if the, the regular one without anything in there, it's full of sugar, mate. Mm-hmm. Sugar. Nice. Ugh, sound like Homer Simpson. <laughs> right, uh, good, bad and the ugly at uh, Everton. Uh, there wasn't a lot of good, mate, but let's. Uh, I'm going to do it very, very quickly because obviously we've got questions and then we've got to got to preview the big game as well. Preview the big the game. Big game. But, um, so, so very, very quickly. Uh, the good, I'm, I'm, I've got a couple of people from good, mate, which is, which is Ruben Neves and, and, and Ryan Aitnouri. I thought I thought both impressed. Obviously, Neves with his, his, um, his goal inside the box at... One little back at it. He was leaning back a little bit. I actually think it caught by surprise, but the connection was excellent. I actually thought he was like, at the time when I didn't see it, he was like running into the box and he met it. But it was more like it, he kind of just adjusted his body nicely and it was it was, it was was a lovely shot. And hopefully we see more of that. Ryan Aitnouri, um, look, you're going to get up and down games with him. I think I've actually done a, a bit with a programme actually that should should be in, in this week's um, about Nouri. And uh, again, a bit like Silver, you know, you're going to get... You're gonna get some lows and, and, and some highs. I thought it was excellent. Man United, uh, really, really good. Probably had his best game there. But I thought, probably, I thought on Tuesday night he was he was up there with one of the Wolves' best performances as well. Two completely different players. Nevers, of course, on a long contract at Wolves, and Nuri working for a, um, a deal as well. I think I put a poll out as well asking, you know, would you buy Ryan at Nuri? I think it's around twenty-two million pounds. Is, is is what's been uh, potentially agreed if Wolves want to go ahead with a deal in the summer. So I put a poll out yesterday saying, would you buy uh, Ryan Nuri after his loan finishes? Yes, 50%, no, 20%, and need to see more, 30%. So, um, you know, people are pretty positive with, with him at the moment. And uh, look, I, I, like I say, I, I thought he had a, a really promising game um, and shone out from, from a lot of players who, who struggled. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, Nevis was the best player on the pitch and um, has been has been of a pretty high standard for a few weeks. He uh, moving the ball with a lot more speed. He he's got that kind of bite again off the ball, um, winning balls back, and he yeah he re- he really looks at it again. I mean he had the kind of the audacity to even re- try and uh, recreate the derby magic, and he, I mean the the first touch was very reminiscent, and the the volley weren't far off target. Um, shaved the crossbar with a free kick light on. I mean. You know, Wolves were pushing for a level. Of, well, I say Wolves were pushing for a level of light on. Nevers was pushing for a level of light on. To be honest, you know, he was the one who was trying to force the issue and really trying to rally the rest of it, rest of his teammates. Of course, it was to no avail. But um, I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was brilliant all night, and he was very un, unfortunate, really, personally, to be on the losing side because his contribution was was um, worthy of at least something. And then I know, I, I mean. You know, I I like him going forward, and the 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 way that he beat Decore was fantastic. He was, con- mm. and then after that, he was going on a few runs. There was one where he was basically just dragging the ball with it with his studs the whole way. He was, it's almost like he was skating on ice. Um, but he 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 looked he he looked really confident then. Um, he set up another chance for Dendonka, I think, on just on the, on the stroke of half time, which Dendonka could have done better with. And um, yeah, he's he's not looking um, all that kind of rock solid defensively, um, but he didn't really do anything that I thought really put Wolves in jeopardy. While he had his moments, but I thought that you know the the moments that he did have were more so through the middle. 
So um, you yeah. compare compare Himjer with uh, with Vinagra, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people remember Vinagra, Vinagra who who tailed off badly. I think and and, and look, I think he's on, he's on his second loan now, isn't he? He's joined a lot of the a lot of the other Wolves lads, and I'm pretty sure that he hasn't got a future at Wolves if they can get rid of him in the summer or sell him on in the summer. It's probably it's probably Wolves days are done. But he did have some good moments of Inagra as well, you know. So if you, if you cast your mind back to that and some of the games where he was good and good and, and really positive, uh, do you think that Nuri's better than what you've seen from Vinagra, or or are we got, are we getting similar similar kind of performances at this moment? I think you're probably getting similar in in the main, but I, I would say um, I think Nuri is more technically gifted than than Vinagra was is. Um, he, he strikes me as more of a pure footballer. I think he, I think he, he his passing's better. I think he um, maybe not quite as quick, but he's still very quick. Uh, uh, Nuri, but Vinagra, I think was almost on the par with Trey Ray at times. I think he kind of underestimated just how quick he was across the ground. Yeah. Um, but I do think he looks more of a natural footballer. Um, ain't, ain't Nuri, and who? who Similar amount to Hoover, actually. Hoover, Hoover, whenever he's played, has looked quite cultured. I think that's, I think that's the way you'd sum up Ain't Nuri. I think with Vinagre, it was all a bit hundred mile an hour. It was all or nothing, really. And if he, if he'd had a bad game, then he was mis- misplacing passes left, right, and centre, and it was just everything was going against him. Mm. But even with Ain't Nuri, if he's not quite tracking runners as effectively as he could at the moment, which from someone who is nineteen years of age, I guess is to be expected. I think he does offer more assuredness with the ball. I think if you know if you're going to give him a 15-yard pass uh, to somebody who's in a crowd in a crowd of bodies, he'll find it as where Vinagra I don't think would have found found him at all to be honest. So I think that, I think that's the difference. I think you look at him and you think defensively and attacking wise they're quite similar, but I think the difference that Wolves have seen is that. Ain't Nuri does seem more gifted, and I think has a higher ceiling because of that. Um, it will be interesting this summer, Joe, because you know you're going to have Vinagra who's going to come back, and and look, he might be straight back out again somewhere, um, or or so permanently. But you know you can't rule out, you know, if he, if things don't, he's a, he's a Wolves player, so yeah. you know you see someone like Fabio, um, Patrick Catroni, sorry, coming coming in. Uh, never say never, but but the likelihood is, like you say, he's going to move out. We're expecting Johnny back. Hopefully, fingers crossed, that'd be a welcome return. But again, when Johnny comes back, if it's in six, seven weeks' time, you know, back end of February, beginning of March, whenever that may be, Wolves, the absolutely one hundred percent emphasis will be on him being fit for next season. So you're going to ease him in very, very slowly. There's no point going in gung-ho with Johnny. Uh, and he will only take the field when he's good and ready. But would you... You know, Johnny's your left-back next season, let's say. He's got to be left-back next season. If he's fit, he's, he's ready to go. You know, Johnny, Johnny's in, I would have thought. Would you still spend... Bearing in mind they've spent a lot of money this season on, on, on players that, you know haven't worked out so far or, or have a, a yet to work out so far, um, would you spend £22.5 million of your summer budget on, on Nuri as a as a backup to Johnny? It's a, it seems like a very expensive backup to me. But maybe, you know, Johnny's... How, how old is Johnny now? 27, I think. 27. So, you know, and maybe you need two, two quality players for a position. Maybe that's, the, that's what you do need. Maybe that's what Wolves have lacked 
if they are going to go forward, strength and depth with the amount of games, the amount of fixtures, maybe £22.5 million for a 19-year-old kid who's, who's got a great future, who's got a big sell-on value, maybe that is the right move. Um, can you see that or do you think that's going to be too much to, to fork out for, for essentially a backup? Um, I think it's a. I mean, it doesn't really change the point entirely, but I, I think he's a bit lower. I think it's more around twenty. But okay. I mean, still, I mean, still yeah. I mean, me and you can draw that out today, mate. Out HSBC cash point next to Sainsbury's. <laughs> it's uh, it's still a, it's still a lot of money. Um, I think some of it crumbles down to what happens with Marcel. Okay, um, he's been injured more than he's played, and um, he signed a two-year contract. I mean. That's I think that's the more pressing issue really because if you're going to have a small squad, can you really afford to have somebody who's going to spend most weeks out injured? Yeah. Um, I like Marcel. I think he's looked good when he's played. I think his experience shows. I think having somebody who's been kind of so far in the Champions League and played in various other leagues is obviously a, a benefit to having the dressing room. But if he's going to spend 60-70% of the time out injured, then... And, 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 and Nuno will stick to a small squad despite what's happened this season with injuries then can, can you really afford that you know what I mean and I, I, don't, I don't know whether he can realistically be a back, a, a, that kind of sec, second choice left back because mm-hmm. if he's going to be injured and then you get an injury to Johnny because we've seen what could happen this season it's been the other end of the spectrum then you'll be really short so um, I will say that I think Ain't Nuri has got far more of a chance of being signed permanently than Vitinho at the moment. Yeah, and um, Vitinho, I'm not really sure what he is. Um, we no, really... it's uh, it, it's kind of. Um... I think he's more of a central midfielder. I think he's more like in the Matinho mould. But as long as Matinho's still around, he's not going to get he's not going to get a real any game time. So it's a tough watch, mate. To be honest, I feel sorry for him. It's uh, yeah. you just feel like this is going to be him this season. The odd the odd. Cameo, the odd five or ten minutes here and there, but with players potentially coming back, you just, you know, with Pedence and uh, and and Traore coming back, you just can't see, can't see him getting in there, can you? And it must be a, no. it's, it's not working out, is it? It's not working out. No, well, he's, he's a tidy player, um, but I, I think you know that is almost you know to to be expected really from somebody who's come from Porto and mm-hmm. you know of that mould. I think you expect him to be tidy, but. I don't really see where he fits in either as a forward because I don't think he's a forward and I don't think he really bolsters the midfield either no. so I think he just kind of gets stuck in between and I'd be very surprised if he's uh, signed permanently at this rate. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, so I lost my train of thought there where the dog's going absolutely Your dogs are going mental. It's bin day today, mate. It's bin day. When you oh. do it on a Thursday morning, you've got all the bin men coming and they're going crazy. It's usually the cat that's going mad but he's just asleep on the bed. He's, 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 um, he's well chilled. It's chill today, is it? One second, let me just uh, let me just tell this this Pomeranian off. Pardon the swears. Nathan will never swear. Oi! Oi! No barking! Oh, uh, actually. Oh, there you go. No barking here. Daddy's filming a podcast. <laughs> Daddy's still doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you tell him, Judah. I tell him, mate. I tell you him. tell him. I've gone down now. Told off. Told off. That's it. Good to, to their naughty uh, corner. Um, look, um, so so that's the good. Uh, the bad we've kind of talked about. So we'll go on to the ugly, which is the injury front, uh, Joe. Yeah. And look, massively depleted. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it doesn't look like getting any better. You know, 
in the in the near future. I want to say in the near future, for the next maybe week or two. Uh, I guess the main one and the big the big loss, and it was a big loss, was was Adama Traore, and you know especially when he just found his feet, probably his best two games of the season back to back, he'd done it as well. So a little bit of consistency there, and then you lose him. Uh, against Everton, not only do you lose uh, a big outlet, you also put a target on on Pedro Neto's back um, of really the main the main attacking you know source in the game, and they kept him pretty quiet. And if you keep him quiet, especially in the way that Wolves lined up with with Silver kind of on the left and Morgan's White sometimes playing, you know, as a central striker or be on you know on the right and drifted in and drifted out a little bit, um, you know, you stop Neto, you stop Wolves. Yeah, um, Traore. I mean, yeah, got got to get him back really for 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 Saturday. Um, when we saw him leaving the ground, he was walking fairly fine. It looked perhaps a little bit heavy in terms of on one of his legs, maybe. But um, yeah, I, I think I think he'll be okay. And fingers crossed. Um, He's. I mean, otherwise, I don't know if the situation will change too much. Nuno's been very cagey, really, around all of them over the over the last few weeks. I'd imagine Bolly would be the closest. But okay. um, you know, if he is fit, whether they'd go back to a three, I don't know. Do you really want to kind of change it so drastically? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what will what will happen there. But um, I think. It, it's it, I think Bolly's probably the other one who might be. I mean, Otisewi missed out the other night, but I mean, mm. it, 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 I think that was a knock as well. So he he perhaps come back and be on the bench. But um, yeah, I, it doesn't sound like Pedence will be will be back for Albion. I mean, I'm not convinced Marcel will be. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, and even if Marcel is back, I think I knew he's probably done enough to be honest to to keep hold of his place. So. Um, yeah, if Bolly's back, then that might shake things up a little bit. But I think the main concern is getting Traore in because um, you know Albion have had a lot of problems, of course. But I think left back is probably one of their biggest problems. I don't think they've really got any anybody settled there. Gibbs and a couple of others are filled in. Mm. So um, you know, getting Traore fit and firing, I think that is the uh, definitely the the emphasis and the and the focus going into this game. So do you think it will be a back three or, or do you think they'll stick to a back four then? I think it depends on Bolly being back. Mm-hmm. If if Bolly is back then he, then I think you know, you you're open to, to go into the three. But um You don't think they could bring Kilman in and make that back three? I, I think they could, but just based on recent evidence, I don't think they will. It just seems like he's 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 not getting as much game time now. I don't don't not exactly sure what the reason for that is, I think it's perhaps just to have a an established defender on the bench should anything happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's not he, he's not he's not getting the game time that I think he might feel a bit hard done by actually because he's he's not really done anything wrong. He's I mean in in that run of wins through October, early November, he was probably the best player um, in in the team. So um, it, it's a bit unfortunate for him but I, I think going back to a three I think that it, it seems to hinge more on um, on Bolly than uh, than Kilman Right I've got to talk to you Joe about some uh, some stories that are coming out today out of the Mail and uh, the Sun I mean you know I'll probably stop there but <laughs> what, are, what are these come on but uh, look, uh, people are people are obviously asking about it. I'm sure they're asking in the in some of the in some of the questions as well, which we're going to come on to now. Uh, headlines exclusive: George Mendes is looking for a new Premier League club for Wolves boss Nuno Espirito Santo, and super agent was in talks 
with Arsenal before the recent resurgence of Mikel Arteta. So basically, I mean, you know, don't need to say too much more, but, um, you know, Mendes Nuno, Nuno apparently being touted for, for other jobs in the Premier League or abroad with, um, with his main preference to stay in England. I mean, this is a... For me, this sounds like a very easy story to write at a, at a time that uh, is probably... Look, this is this is Nuno's most difficult time as manager of Wolves. There's no doubt about that. But there's no way in a million years that, that Fosun would end up, you know, doubting his ability or asking to get rid of him now if Nuno wants to go. And I think Nuno's probably got an agreement with Wolves that if there is uh, someone who comes in for him, um, a big, big club. Then I think they'd probably have Wolves' blessing with what he's what he's given to this club. However, this is this is a this is a horrible, nasty, niggly story. I think at this time of the year, with the way things are going on on, on and off the pitch at the moment, um, right before Black Country Derby. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually first first I'm, I'm aware of it. Actually, you've kind of caught me off guard a little bit with it. But um, yeah, I um no, I can't. I can't see that at all. And um, yeah, I'll check it out properly just to be sure. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's just that timing. Is, is, you don't want that timing in, in terms of things like this. And 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 Nuno will, uh, you know, if he was to leave, I'm sure he'd be, you know, when when the time comes, whenever that may be, two, three years, four years down the line. I, I don't know. It'd be wanting to to go out on a bit of a high, really. I think uh, you know it wouldn't be. You know, they've put so much effort in. I don't think they'd want to just go and just go for anybody. So um, yeah, I, I, I take take that as as what you will. But I can't. I don't think there's anything to really uh, lose any sleep over, to be honest. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, these stories do come out, and he was he was linked with the Arsenal job, wasn't he? Um, before Mikel Arteta t- uh, took over, so. I just feel like it's a very easy story to write, Joe. And you know, I'm sure you check it out later on and and whatever. But uh, you know, at the same time, I'd be absolutely stunned, stunned if anything happens uh, this season. You know, what I would say is that the um, the fans or some of the fans are starting to get frustrated. Um, I said we said the reasons why. I think it's a combination of factors, but. You know, some of the same phrases that he uses um, before and after the press conferences um, to explain, you know, wins or defeats or or building up to a game. It feels like he's only just come to people have started realizing the last couple of weeks. He's been doing this for about three years. You know, he's been doing this consistently, and it's a frustration for us because sometimes, you know, we're looking for a line, you're looking to to go with some different news, whether it's a a, a pre-match video or a post-match or, you know, a story that you're writing, Joe, and, and it is difficult, and sometimes he does use the same kind of uh, terminology when it comes to, um, you know, talking about opposition managers or players or, or you know, a post-match to explain a defeat. I think the, the reason people could be becoming frustrated and they weren't maybe... Um, aware of it before is because Wolves kept winning they were doing great so it doesn't matter you're not going to question him are you but as soon as they start doing poorly and maybe consistently poorly or disappointing then I think people start to to say oh why is he doing this why, why is he saying the same thing again but he, look he, he's been doing it for three years to be fair yeah it's almost a bit of new now bingo isn't it it's mm. you know good team strong team oh we've played bl- um, many a drinking game mate at Compton when he says that <laughs> good good team good good team good, good team, manager good players um, down shot Shot, shot. The press conferences are great. We want to compete. Um, yeah. We need to find solutions. Yeah, you know, yeah the, from the, within. 
yeah, there are there are phrases and buzzwords that he does use, and uh, I mean he's, he's used them all all the all the time. Really, they're, they're nothing new. But of course, when results change, or they, you know they get highlighted more. And um, but that's new now. He's not. He's. I mean, just like I said, you know, with the small squad, that's his that's his belief. He's not going to change, and he, he won't change. He's he's you know he's kind of the the way he, the way he talks, and you know addresses addresses the media either. That that's his. That's his way of operating. He, he he believes in what he does, and you know, in in the main, apart from this blip, apart from this blip, it's uh, it's worked. So um, yeah, it, uh, that that's that's new now. Uh, you know, and 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 many people have you know have, have loved the vast majority of people have loved him for it over this time, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think you know they'll be back loving it soon, hopefully. Absolutely right. Should we take some questions because we've got we've got a special guest coming on in about ten minutes' time, mate. So. Um, uh, I'll, I'll let, I'll let the, the peeps uh, the peeps wait in anticipation for that uh, before they're royally let down um, in ten minutes' time. But uh, no, I will. Um, we, we've got we've got Mr. Luke Hatfield coming on uh, to uh, to discuss the baggies because because uh, uh, obviously he's a he's a West Brom man these days. So we'll have to we'll, we'll be listening to him um, and, and his verdict of uh, the Black Country derby. But let's let's rattle through a few questions. We can't come, go to all of them this week, unfortunately, but let's get five under our belt, mate, at least. Here we go. Darren May, it feels as if we need to just drag ourselves over the line and write off this season, then hit reboot button and hopefully start next season fully recovered, refreshed, rebuilt and ready to go with supporters. That would be the nightmare only nightmare over. I mean, that's kind of the way that I think people, some a lot of people are, are ready. They just want to see the season done. They want to see this pandemic done and they want to start again. And, you know... You've got to kind of, I'm not going to say endure between now and now and, and the summer and next season because, you know, there should be a lot of positivity and there should be a lot of good results and hopefully a lot of happiness and joy being brought to people who are sat at home and, and not being able to leave their houses. So, you know, hopefully that we're going to get some good results, but that's kind of what, what Darren is saying. I think that's hopefully where, where a lot of the fan base are thinking as well. Yeah, I think you certainly hope uh, next season is better than this one, and um, all round really, not just for Wolves, but just as being able to go out to games and just enjoy football properly again, you know, and, and in being able to embrace it for what it actually is and is, is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, and for now, let's hope in what nine days, ten days time, we're reflecting on a couple of good wins. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're, absolutely. They're absolutely. the definition of must-win games, aren't they? Um, but you know, as long as Wolves are in in, in an half decent position in the league, and um, you know, kind of com- comfortable mid-table, whatever you want to call it, and then can have a run in the cup. Um, you know that. I mean, I think the fifth round would be either one of Southampton, Shrewsbury, or Arsenal. Mm. Um, that wasn't the worst draw. No, as well. at home, so it's not the they worst can get draw at all. Jolly, which you know, let's let's hope they can as they should. And then, you knew uh, that was coming out of the hat, didn't you? Oh, I think it's God, unbelievable, yeah. really, isn't it? Uh, Incredible, un- great, great, great game, though. Great game, great game, and you know that's that's what the that's what the cup's all about. And yeah. um, Wolves you know, kind so, of need a game like that. I feel. Yeah, it sounds I'll, silly, but. Obviously, the national attention will be on them. Leeds have obviously gone there, and uh, you know you're gonna have a few little subplots. That was and, cr- and I, well, that was I like crawly, it. I like the way that yeah. it's. That was Crawley Leeds. Sorry, not sure. Crawley. Oh, sorry, my bad. Sorry, Surely, um, <laughs> sorry, but Chorley, um, cr- easy no, but done. I like. Go on. I like. Um, I like the fact that it's um, that that the the national attention is going to be on them. Yeah, that's it. I think you know they've been. 
the underdogs, haven't they, for a couple of years? And, you know, the kind of the, the boys that upsetted the apple cart in the Premier League and perhaps went a little bit under the radar, but everybody will be expecting them to win. Uh, next next weekend, similarly to where everybody's expecting him to win against Albion, to be honest. Mm, so mm. Um, the pressure's on, and um, hopefully they, they 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 embrace that and um, and and do what they should. Yeah, Wolf and Bristol kind of echoes uh, thoughts as well. I think a lot of people are saying so difficult to drum up any to drum up any enthusiasm of football, let alone Wolves at this moment, just going to write this season off. And and unfortunately, that's that's kind of the way that a lot of football fans I think are taking this season. So. You know, we're, we're going to keep on doing our job. You know, Wolves are going to keep on doing their job. And, uh, you know, hopefully, like I say, um, it can provide a little bit of respite um, for a pretty shitty 2020, 2021. Um, Andrew Hill says, on the, on the topic of Nuno, how how safe is Nuno's position at Wolves? And do Foson feel any pressure to replace him? Let's say, let's say worst case, the worst case scenario, Joe. Let's say they got beat on Saturday. And I don't want to even contemplate that. But let's say they got beat on Saturday. Would there be quite? There would be question marks, definitely, from 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 some of the fans, because there is there are already question marks there, which is ludicrous for me. But some people, there, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. If if they got beat and or the the unforgivable and and went out at Chorley, would there be would there be real pressure on Nuno? Yeah, I think so. I mean, do you think if they got beat Saturday, there'd be pressure on him? I mean, it depends what you define as pressure. Um, I think, pressure you know, from the club, from the hierarchy, from yeah, well, Foson, from, you know... Well, yeah. I, I mean, if, if they lose to Albion and then lose to Chorley, I mean, definitely there'd be a, a, an onus on getting results picked up quickly because, the, you know, they'd be out of the cup and they'd be sliding towards the, you know, the dangerous end of the table. Um, but uh, I, he's, he's got so much credit in the bank. And it, it it's, you know, I think it, even if it did come to... Um, a situation where you you were, you know, towards it towards the bottom and you know fighting at the wrong end. I think he'd be the one trusted to get Wolves out of that situation as well. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't. It'd take something quite monumental to to be honest to to go down that route. Paul Manser, looking back at the squad we went into the season with, do you think that Foson can really say that we were attempting to break into the top six? Youthful signings would perhaps not indicate that. Uh, this season. Um, no, I think Jeff did Jeff Shee. I think when he spoke in September and said, you know, about the ten-year slash twenty-year plan, and kind of said, kind of almost said that. I mean, you look at those quotes now, and they kind of ring true in that they they're taking a more slow and steady approach in 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 what they in what they're thinking, and um, you've only got to look at the signings. I mean, they, they weren't. There weren't enough um, established players, was there, to uh, re- have a proper go at it again? I think you know, to, well, to give themselves the best chance of doing it, because especially if the the feeling was that they have achieved uh, last season, then you know the, it wasn't a squad that was added to in terms of out and out proven quality. So um, you know, they 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 they, they invested for the future. Um, and injuries of men, I think you know they've, they've left themselves short. To be honest, so um, yeah, I, I don't think you know they can look at that window and say really that you know we really kind of strengthened and to make a real push for the top six because you know the, the proof is in the pudding. Really, it, it, it just hasn't worked out. Jackie, how have we gone from a club with hardly any injuries for three years to having almost half the usual first eleven out injured? What's changed? Is this purely down to schedule? 
didn't we have more matches last year with Europa or is it just the downside of having a small squad? I think it's just evening, things evening themselves out, to be honest. Uh, I, I, as, as, as kind of boring as that may sound, I don't think some of these injuries you can actually legislate for. You know, if some if somebody gets tackled in a match and you know picks up an injury or somebody just kind of feels something as they're running, it, you can do all the preparation work you want. But I think you know ultimately, you know, injuries are just part and parcel of football, um, and. You know, I don't think necessarily the, the you know it, just because Wolves are, have, have got injuries now doesn't mean the medical department is underperforming. You know, they they'll still be doing the same things and going by the ex- same stringent measures and going to the nth degree to make sure that Nuno has got as many players as possible to work with. Uh, I just think it's luck even in itself out because the the past couple of seasons when Wolves had. No injuries, pretty much. Everybody else was had, you know, at least one long-term injury, pretty much. I think, you know, you look at Wolves' injury record last season compared to the rest of the league. I think there is a, a statistic somewhere, and it's ridiculous. You know, the, the the comparison is just like, you know, way off the charts. So, it's just, I think, yeah, I think it's just a case of evening yourself out and. You know they had a lot of good luck over the over the last couple of years. You know it's you know, I guess it's their turn to have some bad. Oh, good one here from our old friend uh, Edward Wibbly 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 Wobbly. Says, um, would you would you take losing to Albion twice in the league to win the FA Cup? Hmm. Uh, Oh, that's a tough one, man. That's Is really... it? I, I, I I'm think... taking. I'm taking the defeats, mate. I, so maybe, yeah. maybe I'm. Maybe this is. Oh, Judy Buddy Borough fan doesn't really realise what it means. Oh, it's got to take an FA Cup win, don't you? I'll be in a down anyway. Doesn't matter. It's fine. The Wolves are going to be fine in the league. Take the FA Cup win, man, and run. European football. Who gives a crap? Yeah, I, I think take t- the FA Cup, but I, I think that question would be a lot easier with. Fans, because if the fans could enjoy the FA Cup win, but well, there might be fans in the FA Cup come May. They might, you might get some at Wembley. Maybe no, uh, no, I don't know. I'm not convinced, but yeah, okay. I'd probably, I'd probably just about say FA Cup. Got my question from Nathan Judah here. People might not want to hear this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mid August, start next season, hopefully European Championships and all get sorted out, and they start on time. Uh, can you see full Molyneux? Can I see a full Molyneux when? As in, start first game next season, fans back in? Uh, I hope so, but I don't think so. No. Mini, no. No, no I, um, don't I don't either. I don't It's just been so... We won't get into the politics of it all, no, because no. you're just banging your head against the wall, but... No, you know, so many mistakes have been made, haven't they? So um, it's worrying. It's worrying. It's, it's so, going to be, yeah, be a while, isn't it? I think we'll, we'll definitely have a plen- a decent whack of fans, but I can't see there being full houses next summer. But we'll see. Uh, yeah. Matt Kirby, uh, would Semedo be in the starting eleven if he hadn't cost up to thirty-seven million pounds? With injuries, right back is the only position with genuine competition for the shirt. Yet Semedo keeps his place whilst continuing to be a defensive liability. 
That's a good point. I, I think. Well, you know, yeah, who, who have you got to replace him? Kijana uh, Hoover's a right wing these days, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Hoover did a good job, didn't he? Man, you know, he, did. he yeah. looked he looked cultured, very good at, in in possession, like the way he goes forward. I think they've got some at there. I think that I think they have got some at there in terms of for the future. Um, but for now, yeah, they've spent the money on Samado, so they, they've kind of got to try and try and get him. Try and get him as good as good as they can because the, you know they spent a lot of money and they've got to try and justify that price tag. So um, yeah, I think that you know the, the fact that he has cost a, so much money does definitely play a part because um, you know had he just been a two million slash five million signing, then I'm sure um, you know Hoover might may have been given a bit more of a go. But I think Hoover, you know, being so inexperienced as well, does kind of play into it. So um, yeah, Samado, the price tag they've got to try and. Kind of yeah, get value, get their value for money really, and um, yeah, it, it, it does it does play a part. So he's not not been convincing, but he has at least improved going forward. But he's he's definitely got to improve on the back foot. So you know, no, no, make no mistake. Yeah, uh, Wolves fan, Wolves blogger says, uh, when is Jeff She going to come out and uh, say keep calm, everything will be okay, as we've not heard from him for a while. Probably the summer. I mean, I, I mean, he might do some sort of chat. After after, after this, this window. window, I think he did. He tends, do something similar last year, did he? Yeah, I think he tends to just do like a, a kind of club chat um, after each window shuts. Mm. So maybe there'll be one um, at the end of January. But um, yeah, well, 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 I'll I'll have I'll have to check that out and see what's happening. But um, yeah, that that may be when we hear from him next. Peeps, thank you very much for your questions. Sorry we could not get to them all this week. So many. So many people up early, by the way. I couldn't believe it. Uh, 30, 40 questions come in very quickly within half an hour. So thank you so much. But we've got to go on to the big game. And it is it is massive game. Wolves against West Brom. The first time since 2012. We will not be discussing much about that last, uh, that last fixture, Joe. And we have got a third person on the podcast... Uh, a man, a man. Many Wolves fans who came to the live podcasts will know very well indeed. Uh, my my working colleague and, and, and number one number one aide, uh, Mister Mister Luke Hatfield, is in the house. Luke Hatfield, Luke Hatfield, everyone. Hey, well done, how, how are we doing? Hey, here he is. Here he is. It's the shit, Roger Johnson. <laughs> people, people will remember. Anyway, inside joke from anyone who went to. Um, yeah. Went to Wolves podcast live one episode one hundred. We'll know that. We're probably probably the biggest laugh of the night. And uh, and uh, Luke, how's it going, mate? I mean, I don't see much of you these days. Not just because of the pandemic and because we're all working from home, but because obviously you, you've gone and you're a, you're a, you're a Baggies fan through and through. I mean, well, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I've been doing I've been doing a lot of a lot of work with Albion, but the claims that I'm a I'm a fan of the club, uh, a wide of the mark, to say the least. You, you, you've got stuck into it, though. I know, obviously, you've got some Villa roots there, but uh, you know, you and Mr. Joe Massive uh, have become a, a an excellent duo. But just unfortunately, it's uh, it's not great, is it? It's not great at the moment. I mean, we've been we've been discussing over the last hour the things that are going wrong at Wolves at this moment in time. But then you look across, you know, you look across the way, and uh, it's uh, it's a bit of a shit show, isn't it? Uh, to, to say the least, to be honest with you, I think a lot. By the of way, we fans... swear on our podcast a little bit more, probably. So you probably come in here, what's going on in this podcast? Do you know we could do this? But uh, no, it's 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 not it's not great, isn't it? Uh, you know, obviously you've just gone out to Blackpool and uh, all the teams around winning one win all season. It's it's uh, it's pretty bleak. 
Yeah, I think I think a lot of Wolves fans who uh, are maybe on social media a little bit angry at, at their team needs to look at the WBA hashtag because I tell you what, it's a right mess. Um, uh. um, yeah, the Blackpool game was um, it was a great opportunity for them to get a result, and a, I mean it just didn't come, did it? I mean under under Big Sam, I mean if anything they've looked worse under him than they did under Southern Billich, and at times under Billich this season they they didn't look great. And now, all of a sudden, they've taken away that flair which which they showed at points under Billich. And it's it's very much a, a almost stereotypical Sam Allardyce side where it's like, okay, we'll go, we'll set up with, you know, maybe a six four zero formation and see if we can nick a result. <laughs> and uh, the results against Villa, the results against Leeds, uh, Crystal Palace as well. I mean, that was that was back under under Billich, but. They just look so devoid of confidence and they're just lacking quality, particularly up front. I mean, they rested their only senior striker in Callum Robinson against Blackpool and their whole idea with that was to make sure they had someone fit for the Wolves game. It just they're not they're not playing well and it's shown in the table. The only team they beat was Sheffield United and even that one was a little bit lucky, let's be mm. honest. Mm. Uh they were looking for additions, looking for for some people to help, we've got Snodgrass in from from West Ham. Oh, I like Snodgrass to be honest. I don't know. I don't think he, he he can glide across the pitch as he used to. But look, he's got he's obviously got two good feet, excellent from set pieces, dead balls, and uh, can come up with a goal or two. Will he? Will you expect him to come straight into the starting lineup against uh, against Wolves? Yeah, I'd I'd imagine so, and they desperately need it because I mean he's a player who, as as you said, he's not the youngest, but I mean he was. Never really the quickest anyway. No, no. Um and the quality could bring on on the right hand side of that midfield where he can actually, you know, really provide a decent delivery and, you know, maybe score from a set piece is gonna be desperately needed. I think he will come straight in just purely because I mean the other options they've got, they've got Mateus Pereira who's 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 blown very much hot and cold this season. Uh, I think he'll be playing in the central midfield anyway. You'll have Grady Dean Garner on the left hand side. Will he play Willie, do you think Dean Garner? I'd imagine so. Just right. He's need, been po- he's been disappointing until this season, Dean Garner. Well, yeah, he has, and it's for him. I feel I feel for him because it it seems to be a matter of the system which isn't benefiting these players. I mean, right. if you'd have if if you'd have looked at Big Sam and said, okay, what sort of squad would Big Sam want? It wouldn't be this Albion side. I tell you that for free. Mm. I mean, Pereira is. I mean, he's a bit of a hothead at times, but he has got undoubted quality, and he tore the championship up last season. But we've not seen enough of it this year. Dean Garner was very similar, but I mean, he he kind of he went in and out of form last season anyway. But there was you know real highs and and not so low lows. Uh, it's been the opposite this season. And then up front, of course, Carlin Grant has really struggled and now is injured. Callum Robinson seems to be the player who they're they're relying on. But I can almost guarantee that they'll bolster there too. Joe, any questions for Luke? Any anything that you'd like to ask him? Seeing as soon as he's uh, he's watching every game from home or, or at the matches, uh, who who has actually? I mean, obviously it's been a difficult, I guess, period for for all of them. But who's actually done themselves a bit of credit and actually should be? You know, we all know about how some have been particularly bad, but who's actually done all right and could, yeah, the, could, could, could call, cause walls a, a couple of problems really? Uh, well, I mean, Shemi Ajayi, he, he can pop up with a goal. He's in central defence. Um, they tried him in midfield against Blackpool. It didn't really work for me. Uh, but he, he's someone who, you know, he's, he's quick at the back. He, he's very athletic, very big, uh, and can pop up with a goal. We saw it against Liverpool. We saw it against Man City. He's He's been the most likely goal scorer at the moment, which probably says everything you need <laughs> to know about Albion yeah. going forward right now. 
other than that, I mean, Sam Johnson's been absolutely terrific in goal. I mean, he's been really has been the saving grace at times. He's he's kept score lines down. He's probably kept them in games. I mean, the the City game and Liverpool game again. I mean, he made fabulous stops toward the end of those games to make sure they they escape with the draw both times. If he's if he's having a good game, then obviously it, it can cause teams problems because they can find it tough to get past him. But ultimately, a goalkeeper is normally only as good as, as as the defense in front of him. If you if you if you're being laid on with three or four one on ones every game, the likelihood is you're going to concede one sooner or later, despite how good you are as a goalkeeper. So it's it's a, for Wolves. You just need to make sure you can get past Sam Johnson. If you can do that, then. You're in a great position because Albion don't score many and they seem to concede a lot. And when they're not conceding a lot, it's down to him. So if you can find a way past him, then uh, you're already uh, on your way to getting a decent result by the sounds of it. Oh, mate, we're, we're banging the goals in, mate. So it'll be absolutely <laughs> fine. Yeah, left, right, left, right and centre. Um, we, we kind of discussed uh, briefly, there's the stories and reports in, in certain newspapers today saying that... that uh, Nuno might be on his way and potentially going to Arsenal and, and, and if you were the you know, landing spot easy story to write uh, for, for the rags but um, at the same time you know I guess in Slaven Bilic it's kind of be careful what you wish for because uh, if, uh, if I know Bilic was had some faults and I think that's fair enough and he'd probably be the first to hold his hands up but you know you look at, you look at a team who had just gone to I think it was Manchester City and got a point there um, and learn on the same night that uh, that he was going to lose his job the next morning, or probably lost his job on that night, or whatever. Amazing, really, that you can you can have someone who's maybe worked with a squad and, and and things are just about to turn around, and then you let him go. It seems a very strange call. Uh, yeah, it was it was very odd. Um, it screamed of a decision that had been made maybe a week or two ahead, and they kind of said we don't want the new manager in for the city game because we're going to get absolutely slapped, mm. and then um, he. He does everything that the board probably didn't want him to do in, in getting some kind of result against against a team like Manchester. Which is so sad in itself that statement, you know. I mean, oh. it's horrible. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's not a good look for Albion, and I don't think it's really paid off for them yet because ultimately Sam Allardyce, who, if you do want a firefighter, you probably Sam Allardyce is probably a man to go for. He just had no time with the players. He's he's not the squad's not really equipped for him. That's why he's been given January, and he's they've got to try and. Fine players, left, right, and centre. He's already, of course, brought in Snodgrass, but he wants one or two forwards. He probably needs a defender. He needs a, a central midfielder, someone who can hold in that midfield. It's it's a weird one because they've given him, you know, this squad, and they've said, look, we need we need to get survival. And I don't think, I mean, you could put Jurgen Klopp in charge of this side right now, and he'd, they'd struggle because mm. they desperately need a turning point. And that's the one thing you can say for this game is that. If Albion were to get a result, and I know a lot of Wolves fans are worried um, with their form going into the game, if Albion can get a result, it could be a massive turning point for them because at the moment confidence is is right on the floor. Right, let's uh, before we uh, before our predictions and, and go from this podcast, and it's run on a little bit longer, but of course you know there's plenty going on at the moment in time and and, and the massive game uh, on Saturday Saturday early afternoon. Joe, uh, formation wise for for Wolves against Baggies, I guess. Like I said, we've kind of discussed whether they go to back to a back three or they stick to the the back four that they've done. Uh, a lot of people will be will be contemplating Patrick Catrone. I mean, I mean, he's had fifteen minutes or ten minutes and and, and twenty five minutes. But I, I mean, I'm not I'm not hundred percent certain he's going to start. I think people are desperate for him to start. Could you see Could you see him starting? Do you think Silver's going to start? Do you think Morgan White's going to start? Do you feel? Uh, 
uh, none of them going to start and you're going to play a false nine again. What, what, what formation can you see Nuno going for? And I know this is literally like put your hand in a, in a bucket and just pick a ball out. Yeah, um, just quickly, I've been told that Nuno stuff is a complete punt, as, as, as we expect. But there, there we go. go. Um, the league alive on the podcast, getting that exact information, excellent. Um, but yeah, um, the 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 striking situation, I do still just about lean towards Silva, um, and just because yes, there's there's an argument that he's not ready, and you know a game like this he could get swallowed up by it. But equally, if he scores against Albion and Wolves win, he's a made man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That could be the real turning point for him in a Wolves shirt. He'll have been told. As soon as he got to this, got to this club. If you want to make yourself a star, score against Albion in in, in January, and you'll, you'll you'll be on your way. You know it can be, you know, even if if it didn't work out in the long run, everybody'd still remember his goal against Albion after that long-awaited derby. You know, you write yourself into history. It's that big of a game, and it means that much to supporters, despite him still not being there. So just on that basis, I just about lean um, towards Silva. And I think if it's clear that it's not going well, like it has been a couple of in other games, I'd make the change at half-time probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think Catrone is quite there for a start, don't to be honest. Don't think he's enough yet for a start, Joe. Uh, you know, I, I don't people think look, he he's, got to, he's got to start, but the guy's barely played at Fiorentina. He's come no. across, he's had, a, what, a week? A week and a little bit of training. He's, he's had two small, quick you know, cameo appearances and then people are crying for him to start a game of Premier League football in one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game of the season. I'd be surprised. I, you know, I've been surprised before with some of yeah. Nuno's starting lineups, but I'd be surprised if we see Catroni, as much as the fans want him to start, to start on Saturday. Yeah, I think Silva, really, as long as he just kind of carries his weight I think the onus is on the, the players around him as long as Traore's back Neto of course you know fit I mean you took a kick the other night but they're, they're hoping it's you know nothing major I don't think it is so you don't think you could see a 5-3-2 or 3-5-2 with Neto and if Traore's fit Neto and Traore up front and not play no, either of them no I think you need a foul call point mm-hmm. I think I do think you need a foul call point just to occupy those centre halves and let let Neto and Traore do what they do in the areas that they're best at doing it because I think when you've seen them trying to play through the middle I mean, they the both played through the middle of Man United and they had, they had a go here and there on the counter. But that I think that's more a, 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 a formation to, to, to go with when you're looking to counter teams. You don't want to try and counter Albion. You want to take it to them and get your goals, get them early and, and try and get the game winning the first half, really. And would you give Gibbs White another go? Or do you think if Traore comes in, fingers crossed, that that would be Gibbs White on the bench? I think, yeah, if Traore's fit, then Gibbs White would be the one to uh, to drop to the bench. And uh, I think it'd just be the midfield three of Neves, Martinho and uh, Dendonka. And then Dendonka. Luke Hatfield, uh, West Brom. Uh, what what changes? Uh, you say there's a couple that were rested against Blackpool. What do you expect to see on Saturday? Uh, I very much expect to see uh, a striker in the side first of all. That would be nice. Um, yes, <laughs> which, which is wouldn't we which all is a start? Um, I imagine it will probably be four five one. You'll have Johnson in goal, Furlong right back, Ajayi and Daro Shea at centre back, Kieran Gibbs if he's fit, which is Oof. always a question. Mm. Uh, left back. Uh, there's talk of them signing Hamza Chowdhury. I think if they do get him in, he'll probably drop straight into the side to hold. Oh really? Him. Okay. Yeah. In front of that back four, uh, probably Jake Livermore as is his skipper. Then you'd probably like to see Snodgrass on the right, uh, Pereira in a more advanced midfield, 
position, Dean Garner, and then, and then uh, Callum Robinson uh, up top. Uh, so it's not it's not it's not the worst side I've heard to be honest. I mean, you know, like you say, you know, Dean Garner on his day is is excellent. We we all know. I mean, I was kind of talking early early days of this podcast about about Pereira saying they could could get a sneaky bid in at the start of the season, you know, for him and and try and make some profit on him. But look, it's. Uh, He's a good player, just hasn't worked out for him. Obviously, silly sending off this season. And uh, and uh, I thought it surprised me. Um, I thought he'd done a lot better. But that's maybe to, due to due to the situation and the form and, and the formation sometimes. Yeah, I agree with you there completely. I mean, when you when you actually read that team out, you think, oh, OK, going forward, they could offer something. Mm. I mean, Callum Robinson is not really proven at, at Premier League level as a striker, but they're going to sign one or two. Sure. After January, I, I think this Albion team, it could... It, it could look better than it does right now. Yeah. Whether they're getting performances on the pitch is another question. But, I mean, fingers crossed they do. I mean, obviously not for Wolves fans, but because at the end of the day, we haven't seen a Black Country derby since, what, 2012? Mm. We don't we don't want to go through a season without any fans there and then wait another eight years or so, do we? No, we do not. Absolutely, 100% agree. Um, so... Let's start off with the predictions. Who's going to go first? Uh, we'll go for Mr. Luke Hatfield for a prediction. It's Wolves against West Brom at Molyneux. Can we have a prediction? Plage. I don't think it'll be a thriller. Uh, I'm going to go 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, 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 one draw. <laughs> Nobody happy. 1-1 uh, <laughs> draw. Uh, Mr. Joe Edwards. 2-0 uh, Wolves. 2-0. Straight in there with a 2-0. 2-0. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go, go in there, get the job done. I would love to say five-one wolves, just to uh, <laughs> just to exercise all demons. But um, I think it's going to be a disgusting watch, a gross game, a horrible game, and I think wolves might might just 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 go get over the line with a one-nil. But I tell you what, at sixty minutes and it's nil-nil. I will be nervous. Nervous when there's a, a dead ball situation. You've got those big boys in the box, especially the way that Wolves are defending set pieces. So, yeah, I don't think it's a gimme, but I'm going to say they're going to scrape over the line in, in, in something that is definitely not a classic. Um, thank you very much, boys. Uh, Luke, thank you very much. We do miss you on the podcast. We should get you on more often because there's a lot of dead time when I've just got me and Joe. You know, I haven't got a lot to work with, so maybe we should get you in as a third as a third wheel at times. It's always it'd be always a pleasure. Um, and hopefully, I don't know, have we been accredited yet, uh, Luke? Have you, have you got accreditation, Wolves? I haven't even looked no, yet. Nothing back yet, mate. Nothing yet. Well, hopefully, hopefully, we'll have, we'll have a four-way action um, of the Express and Star, um, myself, Mr. Joe, just Luke Hatfield and Joe Massey, West Brom Boy, will all be at the game. Uh, I'm going to say, because my podcast, fingers crossed, three points for the boys. Zero for Albion, but uh, we shall see. Uh, from myself, from Luke, from Joe... Have a great weekend. Let's hope it's a happy weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, cheers.